You're listening to Tech Talk Central. Hi, um, this is Vicky Colavu from Tech Talk Central. I'm here at Mobile World Congress, and I'm lucky enough to interview the second lady these past days. As I've said before, it's all about men, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy that I finally um, get to meet Valerie Reford. I think I didn't pronounce it well. She'll, she'll repeat it again. She's, she's French, if I get it right. So she's the new marketing, new marketing development manager for Epson Europe, with a key focus, from what I've read about Epson, on smart classes, sensing, and augmented reality. So now that we've got that on the side, Valerie, first of all, welcome. Thank you. So my name is Valérie Riffaut-Cangelosi <laughs> and I'm French. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it's um, when we think about Epson today, we are mainly thinking about our printers, our projectors and uh, any solution we are developing uh, around those products. But actually what I'm more focused on working with Epson is sensing technologies and uh, wearable devices in general. So I'm more about to talk about wristwatch that can monitor pulse rate or wearable smart glasses that can allow many kind of application in the industry, in the healthcare or even in the consumer area. So can you give us a few examples with smart glasses especially? You mentioned health. Do you, what are you thinking So actually, there are many use cases, many potential applications that may not even be thought of as we speak. But we have already some projects and we are working with the Swiss Hospital, for example, which is uh, using our Moverio for improving their CT scan. So currently, when you have a tumor, and uh, especially on the top of your body, you will receive some laser, and you need to, ins to inspire and expire at extremely precise time so that the laser is pointing exactly where it should. And the Swiss hospital is using our glasses to send the messaging to the patient to inspire and expire at the right moment. It's a non-obtrusive concept to have these smart glasses because they are see-through, so people can see what's going on around them, but they still can receive a message at a precise moment and just make sure that the laser is going to treat the tumor. So if I get it right, you mean they accept messages, they, they receive somebody who's wearing them, is that correct? Yeah, the patient is wearing the glasses and our, actually our glasses um, display information. You have two small projectors on each side of the glasses and they are projected an information right in your field of view, centered in your field of view. So therefore you can send a lot of different kind of information, but because of the complexity of their machine, they cannot use any kind of other uh, device to send the information. They can't use an external display, they can't use either something that would be uh, too obtrusive for, for the patient, which is already very stressed. So those glasses, when they came up on the market, was a kind of very ideal solution, because it's like wearing a little uh, big pair of glass and the displayed message just is in front of their eyes and they don't have to look anywhere else and they can just focus on being treated. 
So it's just doing one thing. There's no, they don't have to control the glasses. It's just one thing that has to be done and it's done well. It's an interesting idea. Um, do, you, do your smart glasses also send information? Obviously, probably, yeah, but please explain. Yes, definitely. Uh, they, they can send information. The smart glasses are an Android-based system. So you have inside uh, a control device linked to the glasses, an Android operating system, and therefore you can develop application Android-based. But you have as well a lot of sensors inside the glasses. You have a GPS, an accelerometer, you have a compass, you have a gyroscope, and you have as well connectivity, Bluetooth, Miracast, Wi-Fi, so you can send and receive information. And again, in the health uh, environment, we are uh, making a test with Areo in Lombardia, in Italy, uh, they are managing the processes to their entire fleet of ambulances. And the, the test we are doing is that they have premedics in these ambulances that have to uh, give the initial care between the patient home and the hospital, for example. And they have big difficulties when the premedics doesn't have the answer or is facing some difficulties. So in the past, they had a kind of central call center where, where the doctor was 24-7 um, and they could call. But now they are trying with the, with the glasses mm -hmm. to offer the premedics the capability to use a camera mm -hmm. which is uh, going to give an image of the patient being sent to the control center. Now the doctor, he doesn't have a phone, he has displays in front of him. And then he can see exactly the patient, which is in front of the premedics. And as glasses are hands-free, he, he can receive information from audio mm -hmm. or even being sent directly on the display by the, by the doctor in his central room to exactly instruct what the guy should do to save the patient or at least make sure he's going to arrive at the hospital being already pre-treated. I think uh, the applications are enormous here. Um, even somebody who's a technician and he's working on something and doesn't know how to fix it, he can send back an image and somebody can give him advice. Um, but just going one step back, I actually, suddenly as you were describing, I thought about Alzheimer patients where you have to sort of help them but not you know, restrict their movement around. And I thought, wouldn't it be great <clears throat> if I knew where my relative or somebody was and I could send him messages you need to come back home find that way and yeah this is a lot of options this is more being my idea um what other devices uh, are you working on uh, right now I, I did read that you're also interested in education so um what are you doing with education I did read about your connected projectors um so uh, tell me a little bit about that because I think education is huge and it's going to be changing completely in the next years. I don't know if you agree. I completely agree. I mean, it, uh, it's very interesting to see how um, the education is trying to adopt as well and integrate the new technologies. And even if they didn't want, the kids do. The kids, they are now coming with their own device, they are highly techy, they know everything and they, you know, they were born with a tablet in their hands somehow. So it's very, it's very nice to see how the school 
adapt. And we are, of course, um, being highly involved because we are working with schools for a long time through our project. Our first approach is really to enhance our project because they are in schools, they are highly appreciated by the users and the professors. We have studied that uh, says that up to 82% of the, of the users inside classroom like the usage of the projector. And why is that? It's because it's collaborative. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be a mix of the wearable devices and the projector in class that will be really drive the actual next room, school room in the future. Because you need, of course, to integrate those devices, individual devices, and the one, the computer that the kids are using and are heavily involved. But at some point, you need to make sure that they share. It can't be at the end of the day, even looking 50 years from now, that each kid will be alone at home and study from home. There will be always a collaborative way. So our projectors are getting more interactive, more connected, you can now, with our current projectors, make two kids interact at the same time and even collaborate with another school that might be on the other side of Earth mm -hmm. and then send live information, draw something on the projector that will appear on the other projector in the, again, somewhere else. It's interesting because you, you do say collaboration, but honestly, they don't physically have to be in the same room. You can have... There's remote areas, for example, in Greece, there are a lot of remote areas, small villages with one kid or two, something like that could help. And he could be in the same virtual school class with somebody from Australia, which also has remote areas, right? Yeah, that's really true. And that's why we're, we're trying to enhance. Collaborating doesn't mean to have 50 kids in the same room. Mm -hmm. It means just making always sure they can work together and that at some point they feel like being together, sharing something and getting greater knowledge and greater learning. Mm -hmm. So that's an important part of, uh, of this evolution. On the other hand as well, we are using again our smart glasses for education and training because exactly the way you were talking about the technical guy uh, a kid can learn a lot uh, especially towards higher education through using the glasses he can see the model is building in an architecture classroom for example in 3d appear right in his field of view he can see it model it and uh, just interact with it by using the glasses for example you can as well make sure that the kids are trained by getting information uh, right in their field of view and being, for example, dealt with augmented reality. Mm -hmm. So they can look at an object and then see overlaid image on top of the object or look at a piece of art and get automatically the story of the cre creator of the painting in a very interactive way. And there, with the glasses, it allows each individual to make his at his own path unpaid the, the, the learning he wants to get and you can as well make separate individuals learn at a different rate thanks to the glasses and the content they will look at. In general I agree with you education um, doesn't augmented reality glasses all those things don't look weird in, in a classroom on, on the contrary they look very sexy I would say 
um, which is which is really good. Um, I want to ask you go a little bit back to projectors. Um, what is the coverage in Europe? If you know, I don't know. I, I won't ask you, but the US. But do you? <clears throat> Um, your projectors or in general do you see well, do you know what the percentage of classrooms using these kind of deni- devices are do you have any numbers like that that you can share with us um, unfortunately I will not be able to give you a number of usage. we are covering all countries in Europe with our structure we have dedicated a team that are visiting uh, the schools and at least the, the um, group of uh, even government, public, and uh, and private schools as well. So we have a very large coverage. We have been holding a leading position in the education uh, area for long time. Uh, we are leading the project industry for 13 years, and a big part of it is education anyway. So it has been for us a territory to learn a lot, and we have built a lot of our... Uh, specification improvement, new feature mm-hmm. based on the feedback of education and the need for education. It's a fantastic um, source for us of uh, intelligence for product development. Yeah. So it's a, it's a huge market and it's a huge potential market as well for the future. Mm-hmm. You, there is a huge potential market in Africa, for example, which are growing considerably and, and we shouldn't fool ourselves. The projector can be used by any kind of uh, school institution, any kid. As you mentioned, they can catch anything very quickly. They will be the one to teach us in the, in the near future how to use all these devices, and projector is one of them. I agree with you, but it, because it's the ones that are paying are the older people, not the kids. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm worried about the adaptation. I, I have no doubts about what you're saying. I, I truly believe this is important for our kids, and especially, thank you for mention, mentioning Africa. Uh, in order to catch up educationally, it'd be amazing if these people, the kids had this. It'd be huge, the leaps. But obviously, as I did say, somebody, someone else older, is deciding whether to buy this school. And that's why I wanted to know, what, are they adapting it? It's amazing, but are they willing? Or is it just, you know, old thought that, oh, come on, we'll do it one day, but not right now. That, that's what worries me. Because we talk about internet of things, we talk about all this, yeah, but you and I understand that. And the people that are in this conference, which is, okay, eight to 5,000 people, but the outside world is different. They think we're weirdos when we talk about these things and that it's a changing world. And that's, I think it's a little bit frustrating. So I would want your personal opinion. What do you think about that? Well, I think there is still a, a chance for adoption because many governments still need to get their electors happy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, education is one area that they can easily focus on to make them happy, even in Africa, mm-hmm. when, you know, even some needs might not be fulfilled, you know, spending, making some investment on education is making people still, you know, uh, in agreement with this kind of, uh, of uh, funding. So, so I can still see things happening even in, in, in Africa, in Central Africa, around education, making investments, and for sometimes maybe not the good reason, but, you know, things are happening. And, uh, and I think it's a good, it's a very important thing because maybe sometimes health may be not be taken care of properly, 
But uh, if you start to educate your kids, you may be thinking that, you know, very rapidly other things will improve because this is a basis of everything. I agree with you. So to wrap this up, I want you to tell me in general as a professional, what do you think um, maybe for Epson but also in general for the next two years, what do you see coming? What, what do you consider hot and maybe even Epson should do something about it? So there are probably very odd topics in the way that they are easy to implement. Of course, for from my perspective, the wearable is really what's going to blow up in the in the next years. And I'm very happy personally because I've been working in, in the IT and the consumer electronic industry for 20 years now. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the most exciting thing I've seen so far. There are new devices fulfilling new needs you may never have thought of, you know, like uh, even la next, last year, and that are going to create unbelievable type of applications and it will come from every single industry it will come from any kind of environment from again the consumer that will pop up with new super games and super entertainment application down to the industry that will completely probably reshape the way they are training their people they are doing their field maintenance they are just uh, uh, entertaining their own customers or making their service much more efficient or much more sexy mm -hmm. at the end of the day so this is a really big things coming up and i think we are very lucky to be part of it i agree with that with that um one question last this that creates a lot of data do you think we have the specialists and the people are we ready to analyze and interpret them correctly because Imagine exactly what you described, being interpreted, misled you know, by governments or organizations or companies using them in a bad way and suddenly we keep on hearing or that something about a jacket talking and saying that people are cold, but it's summer, for example. You know what I mean? It, it, twisted data. Do you think we're ready? I'm not so sure. What, what's your take? Uh, we, we, we're going to be ready. We have to adapt. I mean, of course, now this big data thing seems a kind of mountain. But if you look 100 years ago, our mountains were completely different and we overcome them. I think human being has this big capacity to adapt to any kind of issues. And this big data will be treated in the way that we will create a bigger machine to treat the data. We will be more selective probably as well about the data and the way we use them. Uh, we're going to be more protective, but of course there is no absolute protection. So most probably the people are going to be more easy on sharing their data as well. Facebook is a way that already shows that people are secretive to some extent, but they are sharing a lot of their life today and very kind of personal things on finally open platform that most of the people can naturally access. So this is just a mountain that's going to get smaller and smaller and then we can jump on the hill very soon and just overcome this issue, which is fundamentally not really one. So that was a nice picture actually that you drew there. So it's a mountain now, but it will become a hill. So thank you, Valerie, for being with us on in this interview. 
Thank you very much for your time. That was really interesting. Same here. So this is Vicky Kolovo for Tech Talk Central, and I did. I had an interview with Valerie. I'm gonna leave the, the middle name out. Um, Kangalosi, but you can hear online, and the podcast will be there, and uh, we'll preserve it so you can hear her opinions. And maybe in a year's time, in two or two years, we'll see if you were right, and do another interview and see where we are back then. Okay, bye. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.